are listening to Quality Time, a podcast designed to support Nebraskan providers through their journey with Step Up to Quality. I am your host, Colleen Schmidt. Get ready to listen as we prepare to elevate each other as we step up to quality. Hey everyone, I am so happy you're tuning in today. Today we have a real treat. Today I am speaking with Heather Schmidt. Heather is both a provider and a coach for Step Up to Quality. I think that is such a cool, (laughs) two cool roles to have. And that really is a unique position to be in. So welcome, Heather. We're so happy to have your voice and your perspective here. So before we get going, can you tell us a little bit about you? Like, where are you from? What do you do? I just mentioned that you wear multiple hats in the Step Up to Quality world. So if you can just give our listeners a little intro about who you are. Well, first, thank you, Pauline, for having me participate in this. I I feel like it's a really great honor. And I'm really um, glad that you are taking time to listen to providers and coaches and getting that out there for everybody to hear. So I am located in Broken Bow, Nebraska, and from the, for those of you who don't know where that's at, it's in the middle of the state of Nebraska. It's a very small town, about 3,500 people, but we actually grow to a mar- much larger city um, Monday through Friday because we have so many people coming in from all over the county. Um, I've heard numbers of like saying that we go to a town of 10,000 Monday through Friday, but I, to me that I'm like, really, that seems like a lot of people, but we do have um, quite a few large employers in, in our community. So, you know, why that number seems like really large, but it, I don't think it would be unattainable. So um, I am a childcare provider. I am licensed and I've been licensed for just just over 16 years um, as a home one. Um, I've actually been in the early childhood field for 30 years, approximately. Um, I've had many different roles. I've worked um, in preschools and large centers, small centers, um, until I um, finally got licensed myself. So, um, and then I, you know, I get back, I think about it. And I mean, if you want to be technical, I probably could actually say I've been working in the field for 40 years because I started babysitting when I was nine for other people. And so (laughs) I think about that, like, that's just crazy to think about, you know, I still have nine-year-olds that come to my program and, um, but you know, it was, it was many, many years ago, obviously (laughs) different time, um, so I've been, you know, I think children have always been a part of my life and, and young children. Yeah. Especially. Heather, so. I, I think that so many of our listeners can relate to two things that you just said right there. First, how you've always known that you love working with children. Like a lot of us have that feeling inside where we've always just, you know, when I was 18 and had to decide what are you going to do when you grow up, I always knew. 
Uh, me too. I was babysitting at nine. I bet a lot of our listeners <laughs> were also babysitting at a young age because sometimes it's innate that caregiver heart is just part of us. So we naturally draw are drawn into that. I love that you mentioned that. That's so true. And then there's so many people in the field whose mama was a, a at-home provider and she, you know, I mean, it's just, I think it's such a testament to who we are in our field as a whole, as, you know, as a workforce, really. I think it's just, I love when I hear that. So sorry to interrupt you. Keep going. I just liked that. <laughs> I was just thinking, actually, you know, there was a period of my time when, um, when I was in college and I actually, I forgot to say I was a nanny too a nanny for triplets for a couple of years, but um, there was a time in my life when I was fighting it too, because you definitely have this mindset or people put it into you. Like that is not a good career choice because it is not, it's not a very lucrative career choice. And especially being a licensed provider, you know, there, there's really not a way to work up, you know, you're already the CEO of your own company. You can't really go any, any, any higher than that, but it doesn't offer a lot of, you know, pay advantages or, or um, extras to, to help you grow financially. Mm-hmm. But I think when I made the decision to do it, it just kind of felt really right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that for me was like, all right, you know, this, I'm going to do it. And it was scary to, to quit a, a job, you know, where you're, uh, and decide to work for yourself. I mean, it's, it's a huge leap and a leap. And at the time I was single too. So, I mean, I was here, I was opening a business and I was, you know, dependent on, upon just my income and, um, so having a successful business, you know, was something I really worked hard at and had that always in the back of my mind. Like I need to, this is my livelihood. It's not just something I'm passionate about. I need to, to make a living too. Yeah. I love that. And so it sounds like you, I know that so many can relate with what you just said. It sounds like you really have done a variety of things or been in a variety of roles uh, throughout the years. Like you mentioned, you were a nanny. Isn't it fun sometimes to reflect back and be like, oh yeah, <laughs> like I was doing, I did that too. I, I was talking with a, a colleague the other day and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot I worked in college. I worked in the infant room. I knew nothing about what I was doing with those babies, but I was there for a little bit and it's almost like, it becomes part of you and your journey, but it's fun to reflect on that sometimes when you've been in the field for, yeah. <laughs> for that long. Yeah. It's kind of fun to reflect on the things that you kind of look back and go, oh, I wish I would have known more about that. But then I think about all the things that I learned how to do that shaped me as a professional now. Totally. That maybe if I had those experiences, you know, like, oh, you know, I learned, I think one of the biggest things I learned when I was nannying was like time management and how to get how to multitask really well because you know you're by yourself a lot of times with you know three infants Mm -hmm. and that's huge um 
And so just, you know, learning how to balance all that stuff and, and be mindful of what needs to be done. And, you know, and I was, you know, 20 years old, so that seems like an adult, but you know, you're, you're not working with an adult brain when you're 20. No, I don't, so, I don't think I had an adult brain at 20. No, no, I don't. I, I, so I hear you saying that you kind of got on this journey. You took a leap of faith, started your own business, became an in-home provider and started, you know, working for yourself. That is a scary jump. It really, truly, that is a leap of faith. Yeah, there is no safety net there. So into the water you go, and it sure seems like you're swimming. And you've been doing, if you've been doing that for, you've been a licensed provider, at-home provider for 16 years. Is, is that correct? Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah, that means that you're doing something right. And it means that you're loving what you're doing. So we, I want to jump into that in a little bit. I'm kind of giving a little foreshadowing to our listeners that we're, we're going to talk about that. But something else that's so interesting about Heather is not only is she part of Step Up to Quality as a provider, but also a coach. So tell us a little bit about how you kind of, what led you to that? Like that's a that's another big jump. You're, you're yeah, a brave girl. Back in 2000, 2012, I started back to college. I started um, at Mid Plains first, and I finished my uh, uh, Associates of Arts degree there. And I took things very slow. I did like two classes a semester and because I was still working, you know, my normal, you know, 70 hours a week job. And um, then uh, when I graduated there in, what was it, 2016? Yeah, I <laughs> think I decided, you know, I, I, that I was not done learning. I really wanted to continue on. And, and in the meantime, UNK had developed this, I think it was in 2015, it developed this early childhood family advocacy degree. And, you know, I was old enough that I didn't want to go into, you know, teaching like in a public school. I, you know, I was thinking in my mind, it was going to be 50 years old when I graduated uh, college like, yeah, I'm not going to want to teach. And also the, the prospect of doing student teaching was very scary to me. Yeah. Um, because I'm like, how am I going to do this? And still, you know, I, I would have to close my childcare for a semester or even if they could stretch it out. I mean, you're still, it's, financially, it wasn't feasible. Mm-hmm. And then they developed this degree and there was no student teaching involved in it. But to me, I, when I read the courses, through and, and talked with, um, actually my first conversation was with Paula Thompson and she's amazing. Um, she was a professor. She is a professor at UNK and she was actually a a friend of my step up to quality coach, Connie Schweitzer. And so I kind of got in touch with her and she visited with me about it. And I just thought, oh my gosh, this program sounds amazing because it, to me, it was the best mixture of early childhood courses and family studies courses with lots of um, 
cultural diversity mm-hmm. and, and things that I really wanted to learn more about and, and a little bit of, you know, counseling wrapped up in that and just, you know, the family aspect of it. And I thought, you know, this is exactly what I'm doing. I am caring for children, but I am also caring for the entire family. Yes, so, ma'am. <laughs> and that part, you know, when I realized that and kind of embraced that aspect of it, I'm that I'm not just taking care of these children that are coming into my home. I'm, you know, part of their, their parents' lives and their siblings' lives. And, you know, and I really enjoyed that part of it. So that kind of was a, a very long, long explanation, but as I'm growing and learning, um, I start, you know, taking on a little bit more of a advocacy role, leadership role. And I started, um, uh, helping Alex. Well, at that time it was Roxanne Vipond at ESU 10, like schedule our trainings and really trying to grow our child care association and support group and, and getting all these people in that had never come before. And um, it just kind of creating this community mm-hmm. for us where we were all like, you know, really trying to communicate and work together. And I just thought, this is, I like this part too. Like I like sharing things with fellow providers and I like being able to talk to them and I like being able to like share the knowledge that I'm learning in my classes with them and um, just all these other little things. So then I, you know, after I graduated um, it was actually, I graduated July of 2020 during COVID. So I was very proud of myself for finishing up and not, um, just completely quitting, but I, you know, had kind of reached out to, um, the Lynn and asking her about coaching positions and, and said I was going to be graduating. And so after I graduated, I, you know, filled out an application and, you know, had some interviews and I was just really excited about starting. And I really have, you know, I had an amazing, amazing step up to quality coach and we knew each other before she was my actual step up to quality coach. So we had a really good relationship. Again, I think I mentioned her earlier, Connie Schweitzer and she, you know, I think I really have to say she inspired me because she always really took the time to, you know, be a resource for me. And just really, you know, a positive person in my life. And so that's kind of where we're at now, the long explanation. I love it. I love so much of what you just shared about your story and your journey. Uh, You're an advocate, flat out, with a growth mindset. Like you are on a mission to not only just, you know, serve the children in your own business or within your own care, but you're also, I so agree with what you said. You said, I'm caring for children, but I'm also taking care of their entire family. And that is so true. And I think everyone listening can relate to that. Like, it's not just about who's in your classroom or who's in your 
center or your home or your setting. It's so much more than that. We really are uh, directly investing back into Nebraska in the roles that we're playing. We're a big old deal. And the fact that you're learning new things, you have this growth mindset, and then you're like, huh, let me see if I can try and spread the love, share my knowledge. Like, yeah. And how you attribute a lot of that to having a positive, supportive coach of your own. So that's so cool. So there's so much unpacking that I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you, Heather. <laughs> there's so much unpacking I want to talk to you about. So first, let's break it down a little bit. Since you wear these two big hats in our field, I want to get your perspective on how being part of Step Up to Quality supports or helps what you do directly in Broken Bow. So and beyond, right? We know that it's not just Broken Bow. You mentioned that people are coming from all over, 10,000 people. <laughs> Come yeah, I think that number might be a little little bit, um, I don't know, inflated, but I mean, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if we grow substantially. It's got to be, you know, more than twice. Because yeah, there's so, just... so when you think about that number, let's say, you know, let's say it's your population doubles, maybe even triples Monday through Friday. Your outreach is so much bigger than just Broken Bow. Yeah. It really is. You're reaching across the state. And I think that's so cool. So why, if I'm a provider listening and I'm just starting to learn about step up to quality, I'm just starting to kind of think about it. Like, I don't know, this sounds like a lot. I don't know what's involved. Can you talk to our providers listening and tell them what's in it for them? Like, what's the why? Why does step up to quality support you as an in-home provider? How does this program support not only you, but your kiddos and the families you also serve? What's in it for providers? So looking back when, when I first did my orientation, I think it was 2014. I was trying to look that up to see, and I'm like, Gosh, I don't know if I remember exactly, but so, you know, it was still, you know, fairly new. Yeah. And um, I'll be honest, my first thought, you know, I was always, always looking, because we had mentioned, you know, I was the CEO of my own company. And so I was the only income coming in. And so I was always looking for opportunities to add to my income of things I could do. And, and yes, definitely adding um, education to it and, and just learning, but also like, um, you know, I just, I needed money mm -hmm. to continue on my business. So, you know, there was, um, financial, you know, stipends. I don't know if you want to call them rewards. I, I, I don't like to use that term, but, you know, um, you know, as you move up the step up to quality, um, stairway, <laughs> You know, yes, yeah, it sounded weird to say that again, but as you're moving up, you know, they want to recognize it, uh, that you've put money in to making improvements and, and raising your quality and, and stuff. So like, here's to say, you know, to kind of support you 
Mm-hmm. So that was what it, you know, initially it was like, okay, this is a way to add to my income. Yep. And, you know, then even, you know, it took me a while to even, I, I was still doing trainings and, and things to meet that step two level. And then, so that took a little bit of time. And then, um, I was finishing up my, uh, associate's degree. So Mm -hmm. I kind of put things on hold a little bit before I decided to do the rating. And when I got done with, um, school that in 2016, you know, then I focused more on, on getting my, you know, portfolio ready for step up to quality and working on the things. And then I realized as I was working on all this stuff, like I'm already doing this stuff that's in here. It's just like, I didn't realize I was doing it. I didn't, you know, this was just part of, you know, running a business and then just other, looking at other things that I wanted to improve on just from, you know, health and safety practices, uh, adding materials to my program. And, and I, I had been involved in other um, grant programs and, and other initiatives. I did the infant toddler quality initiative for several years. And so, you know, all that stuff, I'd had um, some of the environmental rating scale um, observations done a few times. So, you know, I had in the back of my mind, I knew kind of the steps that needed to be taken and, and what you were looking, what they were looking for as far as quality. But um, I think the way it supports me, and I, and I like to think this would work, go for everybody, but it keeps me fresh um, always learning and always growing because, you know, I think back to the kids I had 16 years ago, they're not, this isn't the same world nope. now. And so trying to stay fresh, trying to learn more and different things and, and, and challenge myself, I have to, to keep challenging myself because if I don't do that, then I feel it's a disservice to my, my kids and, um, the families. And so I think this is just a a tool almost to help me stay on track and, and meet goals, um, in a, Oh, I'm trying to think of the word. I've lost my words, but, um, and in a, a quantified way, yeah, you know, like that you can, you know, check this off, but just always keep learning, you know, even the, the goal of doing, um, 24 hours of training is mm-hmm. something that is good because, you know, it's not hard to do. Um, and there's so much more I get out of it. And I've found that if I don't, keep up on that I get uh, stuck in a a rut and very what is it I'll get burned out so what how it was explained to me was if you are stressed out you need to remove something from your life Mm -hmm. burned out you need to add something oh so (laughs) 
I'm like, sometimes I think I add a little too much, but (laughs) keep that in mind that if I'm feeling burned out, it's because maybe I need to, to, um, you know, take a training or if I maybe even just read some articles or do some self-directed learning. Um, I love that perspective on burnout, Heather. I like to talk about burnout a lot. (laughs) We won't get into it too much on this podcast, but I like that perspective on it. Like, wow, I maybe I'm getting a little stale and that's why maybe I'm feeling frustrated or burnt out. And maybe I just need a fresh point of view. You mentioned that joining Step Up to Quality really You liked it because one, the financial incentive is kind of what drew you in. I think that is what, let's be real. That's what, you know, that's what's going to draw in many providers. Of course. Yes. That is obviously going to be a huge uh, part of maybe your why. And that's okay to say. I think that's totally reasonable. If you think about it, other professions, you know, they get paid their hourly wage to go to trainings and and things like that. And, you know, we, we don't, we do it on our own time. We do it a lot of times after we're done working our, our, you know, 60, 70 hour week, we are, you know, have to do all that extra, you know, teachers get to go, you know, they don't have to have a classroom all day of a classroom and then go to training at night. Yeah. But and I don't want to throw teachers under the bus. <laughs> we won't do that. <laughs> it's just the way it is. And so it's nice to um, kind of have that um, check off of goals or, or sometimes you, you don't know what quality is. I mean, cause it's such a broad, I mean, it can look different to a lot of people, but here's some things that, you know, here's a list of things that are universally what we think of as quality yeah, and you can look at them the way you want to. They can be interpreted some different ways to fit your program. Looking at why should a provider join? I think one of the things that people might be hesitant at of is that like, Oh, I, I just like they, you have to do all this stuff. Well, you, you have control over what you do. Nobody is telling you that you have to do mm-hmm. it. Um, nobody is telling you that you have to do it this exact way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we kind of get caught up in that of like, I don't want anybody telling me how to run my business, mm-hmm. but it's definitely not that way. You're still in control. You're still driving your bus. You're still the one that's saying yes or no there's nobody that's taking that away from you. So then if you look at it in that perspective, it's like, why not? Right. You know, why not participate in step up to quality? It doesn't cost you anything to participate. Um, You know, it doesn't, people think it might um, take up more of their, your time, but it, you know, there might be some initial time, but if you, go in and look at it from a different perspective. It's just, it's not really going to take as much time because you can choose what you want to do. Right. And you mentioned Heather, that when you signed up, you were like, Oh, a lot of this I am already doing as a business owner. 
like, and as a provider who's been in the field for a while. I think that's another thing that uh, maybe we need to celebrate a little bit more about Step Up to Quality. They really do highlight what you're already doing really well. Like it's already, you're already doing it. And now here's a few ideas, if you choose, that you could implement and add to become even better. Like that growth mindset that you, that is very obvious that you have, that if you're willing to try and, you know, implement new strategies or health and safety practices, or maybe uh, find new engaging materials for the kiddos in your care, like those are all ideas that step up to quality can support you with. And I think that's a big thing. Like, I love what you just said about you're still driving the bus. <laughs> you're in charge. You're the one. Oh, oh, yeah, I love that. Oh, I think that's such a good message for what you just said to our providers. So let's talk a little bit about coaching. So why is coaching important? Like why... Why do we need coaching? Like you mentioned that you were in the field for 16 years. Like, you know, your stuff, you know what you're doing. You do. Yeah, but I also don't ever want to get the, to that place where I feel like I know everything too, because right. I don't. And I, I need to have that realistic view of myself and say, okay, you don't know everything, Heather. So it's okay to learn. I love and, that. Um. I, I think coaching for me and, and why I, how I look at it is I think about how many years I spent licensed and working or even, you know, even working in the field. Um, I won't, <laughs> I won't mention I, when I worked for this large center, it was definitely, um, a, a lesson on what not to do as, as far as quality. Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking, Oh my gosh, this is, this is not good, but you stay because you're, you care about the families and you care about the kids and, and you, you, you develop this really great relationship with them. And you, and you do feel like, Oh my gosh, if I leave, I'm just leaving them. And it's, um, but I, you know, we really had very little support, Yeah, you know, um, professionally working for this center. And so when you're, um, a licensed provider working out of your home, you know, I am a home too. I can have an employee, but there was several years I wasn't licensed as a home too. And there's several years that I did, but I didn't have an employee. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very lonely. Yeah. And when you are <laughs> the only one working and a lot of times all you see is your failures and what you should be doing that you're not doing correctly. And it can be really, um, you get really down on yourself and, and very critical of yourself. And so having a coach, um, is a partner that's coming in, that's working with you. It's definitely a partnership. You know, I, when I talk to my programs that I'm coaching, it's like, I want them to, to give as much as I'm giving, mm -hmm. but I also really, you know, 
like I said before, I had an incredible coach. And so I learned a lot from her. And um, then even just being in, involved in the, the coaching, our monthly meeting or every six weeks, I think we meet, um, just in listening to those coaches talk about their programs and, and how supportive they are of them and how excited they are for them. And so I want providers to know that your coaches believe in you and they have nothing but positive, uh, things to say. And they it's so nice to work with a, a group of individuals who like really value what you do. Because we know that early childhood education has not been in the forefront until right. really the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're looking at that and you, you feel like you're always fighting this uphill battle, mm-hmm. you know, getting other people to see you as an ad, you know, as a professional for one, and you work so hard advocating for yourself. Well, now you've got this, this coach that comes in and says, yes, you are doing a great job. And they're helping you advocate for yourself and they're helping you grow professionally. So, um, it's not just, it is not somebody coming in telling you what you need to do and what you're doing wrong. They're looking for everything that you're doing right, because (laughs) Um, I definitely know this, like there's enough negativity going on in my own head yeah. that I don't need to like, I don't want to hear that from anybody else. And mm-hmm. I definitely don't want to, to put that out for my providers, but I also think a coach can challenge you to think outside of your little box. And so that's really good to have is somebody saying, okay, well, have you thought about this? Or what about this? Um, or even to go as far as like, okay, I would really like you to try this because <laughs> I think, because, you know, you are smart and capable and I know you can do it and I know it's uncomfortable, but would you give it a shot? You know, you know just because even when you, and then you go and you do them and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel so amazing because I did something I didn't think I was going to be able to do. So that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is honestly, when you get, when you achieve that step two and you get your packet, you know, for when you want to be rated steps three through five, that packet is so overwhelming and you are looking at it and you're like, I don't even understand what any of this says. I don't know what this means. I don't know what to do. Where do I start? And so a coach is really somebody who can break down, can, can come in and go, whoa, 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 whoa. we're going to, we're going to focus on this little piece or, Hey, why don't we try this first? Or let's look at your strengths first. And then we'll go back and, and look at things that we need to work on. Um, but it, you know, I honestly, if you, to anybody working, um, on separate to quality, like they're at a stage three, like, you know, get a coach <laughs> because it's tough out there. And even, you know, your coach is like, I'm very much like, again, you're driving your own bus. So 
So I'm not there going, okay, let's do that. We have to do this. We have to do this. We have to do this. But I want to help people set goals too, because I don't want them to become stagnant and stagnant and frustrated with the process. So I don't know. Is that helpful? Yes, that's exactly what I was hoping you would tell us <laughs> because I know all of that to be true. I love how you kept it real about how especially being uh, an in-home provider can be a lonely, lonely, isolating sometimes job, even though you're surrounded by beautiful babes that you obviously love. It's lonely. You might not have adult interaction all day. Yeah you know, and that inner voice that we sometimes can get really loud in our own heads of all the things we're not doing right, all the things that are hard, all the things that I, I wish I knew how to do this better. Like that can become really strong, especially if you're having those feelings of loneliness or failure or being really critical of yourself. And I love how you mentioned that having a step up to quality coach is there to support you. Like they're excited to be with you. They are your biggest cheerleader on the block. I want to be a cheerleader. It's, you know, I was never a cheerleader in high school, but I feel like I be a, a good one. I'm not going to do a lot of loud screaming. I'm not that kind of cheerleader, but I'm definitely like, you're doing such a great job. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Um, and what you, know. you mentioned about the support with some of the bureaucracy stuff, like the not that we can't do it on our own, but having someone alongside us who can kind of go through some of the nitty gritty of the paperwork or the binder, like you mentioned, like that's huge. Like that's what the coach is there to do. They believe in you. They're excited for you. They're encouraging, like Heather said, she encourages her partners to be advocates for themselves. Like that's truly how we're going to make some big gains in this field. That makes me really excited. It's that is so true. We, and that is again, one of those things that has taken me years and years and years. And it's constantly like, I have to start advocating for myself and my profession. Yep. And oh, Heather, we need a whole nother podcast. I know we do, but I mean, well, that's a soapbox and I won't get on it. It's mine too, but I'm serious. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to advocate for another podcast on advocacy <laughs> and see if I can get you back because I, I, I feel you like that. It's hard. Like it's really, it's hard to advocate for yourself. It is. And you almost like. Okay, so I'm going to give another shout out to a couple of people because I think this is something to, um, so when I started back to college and, well, when I started at UNK and was taking, my first class there was uh, families and social policy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> you know, this, this sounds political. I don't want to do, I'm not political at all. That class is probably my favorite class that I took the whole time I was at UNK. And, um, oh my gosh. I mean, it just opened up a whole new world for me. And I thought, oh my gosh, I am political. (laughs) I am like, it was, you know, I do have all of this, these ideas and this point of view and this 
strong sense of self and um, I want to, I want to change the way people view families. Mm-hmm. I want to change the way people view early childhood education. That's, you know, what I want to do. And so um, my professor for that class was Dr. Sharon Obasi, and she has been, she has been a cheerleader for me as well. And so like, just, I can't just such a role model and and just like, just a wonderful person. And then my advisor, Dr. Tony Hill through the, the head of the department, the family advocacy part of it, her, you know, her too, with just how they supported me for, you know, as a, a childcare provider and how they look at, you know, they didn't look at me as like, well, you're just a childcare provider. They're like, oh my gosh, you're doing all this amazing work already mm-hmm. out in the world. And, and we want to help you uh, work harder, do better to, to really shape you and get you to, to look at yourself as an advocate and really, you know, make your voice louder and give you the words or the, um, the drive, the, all the other stuff that goes into that. But I want to say that they were such a positive um, resource for me. And just, they, I always have them in the back of my mind when I'm, you know, speaking for myself and my profession, because I think, you know, they would be like, go Heather, you're amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Heather, aren't we lucky? That's such a good shout out for UNK too. I love that. (laughs) And and for that program for early childhood family advocacy. Uh, I know I will talk that program up. I mean, anybody. (laughs) I tell them it was the most amazing program. And I just, it learned so much. I love that. And the fact that your journey of advocacy, that seems like it started at UNK, maybe beyond, now is filtering into what you're doing with Step Up to Quality. And I think that's where in Nebraska, we really are lucky that we have programs that are quality, that are promoting advocacy, that are promoting and supporting providers and educators. And I think that is just such a testament to what we're trying to do here. Uh, it gets me really excited. And I, I love talking to you about all of this, Heather. I think we could go on and on <laughs> and on. I, we really could. We could just sit here all night and keep going. Yeah, and then everybody would be like, okay. <laughs> but we'd have fun. <laughs> but, But we like to end the Stepping Up podcast with the same question for every guest. So Heather, here's your question. What is your why? Why do you do what you do? Oh, there's a lot of reasons. Um, Obviously, I love the whole, you know, watching children grow and develop. And um, that is the fun part of my job. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that my job is not the same every day. There's always different challenges. Um, I really, something I have embraced, because I, I will say this at the beginning, I, you know, I always thought it was just taking care of kids, but the fact that I've really allowed myself to embrace this whole thing of really developing 
relationships with families and stuff. And I really want them to have this, the feeling that they're being supported too, because, you know, I know those moms and dads out there sometimes are like, I am a terrible parent. You know, I mm-hmm. let my cat have a popsicle for supper. So, you know, like just knowing that there's somebody out there going, you are doing a great job. I, you know, your, your kids are great. You're, you know, you're, you know, and having like somebody that can ask questions and say, is this normal? Is this typical? Is this what my child should be doing? And, and, yeah. or having like, I'm really concerned about my child. Do you think this is something I should be concerned about? And being able to say, I, I think, you know, that, yes, you should be concerned about that. I think you're exactly on the right track or just, you know, just having that. And then obviously I like that I've discovered that I'm a a lifelong self-directed learner. So I like the fact that I can keep doing that in my my job and it benefits my job but that I get to kind of pick what I want to learn about. Like if I decide I want to, you know, gosh, of course I can't think of any subjects, but I wanted to learn more about like science development with children. You know, I could pick mm-hmm. up something, I could do a bunch of research on it. I could, you know, learn everything. And the kids help me learn stuff every day. We're always learning new things. And yes. <laughs> so that's I, it's, I just love to learn and, and the kids help me learn. So I love it. I love that you mentioned the relationships with the families and being a cheerleader for them too. Uh, Heather, you're so cool. <laughs> you really are. You are a powerhouse here in Nebraska. We're lucky to have you. Broken Bow is super lucky to have you as a provider and step up to quality as a coach. So I just thank you so much for joining this podcast and sharing your perspective and sharing your voice. Keep sharing your voice, Heather. We need your voice for sure. And thank you to everyone for spending quality time with us. Please join us again as we chat about future topics to support our Nebraskan providers on their journeys with Step Up Quality. Until next time. Bye-bye.